So, we've been looking at the role of perspective in music. Adding 110 hertz, for example, in one situation, say going from 110 to 220 hertz, gives us an octave. And in another situation, like between 220 and 330 hertz, adding 110 hertz gives us a perfect fifth. In another situation, 110 hertz creates a perfect fourth, like between 330 and 440. In another context, when we get to really high notes, 110 hertz doesn't even represent a half step. It's not even enough to take us from our A at 3520 hertz to an A sharp or B flat at 3729 hertz. And if we go from a very low note, say an A at 27.5 hertz, adding 110 hertz would have us cross two octaves. So it appears that our perspective is part of the fundamental architecture of whatever it is that we are perceiving, whatever it is that's happening. And quantum physics seems to tell a similar story. Apparently, even physical matter behaves differently when it's observed. So if our perception is somehow architectural to the physical world we experience, how about the place occupied by the observer? Is this a real space? We have been seeing that music is maths, but sometimes that math doesn't quite add up, and it may well be that it's in this space, so to speak, that we exist. Maybe it's I perceive, therefore I am, rather than I think, therefore I am. But not only that, as mentioned, quantum physics suggests that we perceive and therefore there is. The perceiver is maybe as structural a part in the behavior of matter as the matter itself. So if our perception is architectural, does it occupy space, so to speak? And is that space where what we call the soul resides? And do we still occupy it once we have no body, no eyes to see or brain to think with? Here and now we exist, we stand out, exist, to stand out etymologically. In that standing out, we take a perspective, we experience everything as something, as something else, something other than us. If we can call this the soul, music allows us to move the soul, and quite literally. When we change key, or threaten to change key, or flirt with changing key. That is to say, changing the scale we are basing our musical piece around, changing the tonic through which we are experiencing the music. When we do that in a piece of music, we are experiencing something like a shift in identity, in who or what we are, and it's transcendental. If I continue to play Nocturne number 20 in C sharp minor, we'll come to a very cool bit with a fast succession of notes. So I want to know what note there pulled on your heartstrings, what note you've really felt something with. I'll repeat it slowly, the fast bit, and you can stop me. So again from the top, I'll do it fast and then I'll do it slowly. Fast just to get a feel for it, right? And then slowly. 
There. Here? I think so, yeah. Good. Bravo. Really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, now this note, this note, E sharp, is an accidental. What that means is that it's a note that doesn't belong to this key, to this scale. So here, instead of an E, which is of the key of C sharp minor, no, which just pieces in, we have an E sharp. Can I stop you there? I thought E sharp didn't exist. Let me continue. Uh-huh. Which, as mentioned previously, is an inharmonic equivalent, or the same pitch, in other words, as an F. E sharp and F are the same thing. So why bother putting E sharp? Because even though on the piano, for example, these notes are the same button and share the same frequency, E sharp and F are not strictly the same note. They serve different functions and make different sense. The E sharp, along with the flattened D, this D, which would be D sharp in this key, is flattened here. Which also makes it a powerful note, no? This D, this natural D. It's a note that tugs on us. A note that we also experience this shift of key with. So all of this suggests to us that we are entering another key. The key of F sharp minor, in fact. Seeing that we're in F sharp minor now, we won't want an F, which would be something like a lowered tonic note, no, which doesn't make any sense. The tonic is the tonic, which is immutable, no, we can't change the tonic because if we did, we'd have a new scale. So we write E sharp here rather than F natural. Of course, either way, it sounds the same. And when we fall into another key, it is one of the most moving parts of music. So this piece is in C sharp minor and here, with these accidentals, with D and with E sharp, which are not of the key of C sharp minor, for a moment we move into another key, into F sharp minor, which we consider a closely related key to C sharp minor. Why do you think that is? What relationship can you find between C sharp and F sharp? Is that a fifth? Well, we have a perfect fifth going one way and a perfect fourth, of course, going the other. So which way? Do we have a perfect fifth? One, two, three, four, five. Going from F sharp to C sharp. Brilliant. Going from F sharp to C sharp, we have a perfect fifth. And then C sharp to F sharp is, of course, a perfect fourth. No, which is just a perfect fifth the other way around. The other half of the octave, so to speak. So we can see that these keys are strongly related in this sense. And this carries over to the notes in the key. C-sharp minor and F-sharp minor have most of the same notes in their scales. So because these keys are so closely related, moving between them in a piece of music feels more natural or sensible. Sensible in the sense that it makes sense. It's meaningful. It's not a stark or abrupt change in the music, but a subtler one. This keeps us with the music. It keeps us identifying with the tonic, even though the tonic is now something else. And we can experience moments of almost spiritual transcendentalism when we shift tonics, when we shift our point of perspective, of awareness, of state of consciousness in a piece of music. So being a perfect fifth or perfect fourth apart 
depending on which way you are looking. These two scales are intimately related, and so we can see how music just does the same thing, or has the same habits, only on different size scales. In the same way that we can change notes during a piece, we can change chords, which are collections of notes, and we can even change keys, which are bigger collections of notes. When we look at the way we change notes in a melody, or chords in a harmony, or key throughout a piece of music, we will see the same rules running the show. Rules we have already learned for an intuitive grasp of the physics that create our tonal system. Here we see that the key the piece of music is in is a perfect fifth from the key we move to. And it's when we get to key that we see how the perfect fifth lives up to being the most similar and opposite to the tonic at the same time. We discussed this idea already, that the perfect fifth, the dominant, is the furthest note from the tonic, and at the same time, the most similar to the tonic. We see this in key. A key, a perfect fifth from another, will share most of the same notes. So, now that we understand a little more about keys and how they are used, let's get back to deepening our knowledge of scales and keys. So let's begin from our point of departure, which will be A minor and C major. We'll use these keys as a springboard to access other keys. So what's special about A minor and C major? There are, there are no sharps and flats. Brilliant. A minor and C major don't have any sharps or flats. They only have uh, straight notes or natural notes. This also means, of course, that these two scales have the same notes but in a different order, or rather experienced from a different perspective point, accessed through a different tonic, a different persona we get to inhabit as we experience the music. A minor is A, B, C, D, E, F, G, A. And C major is C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C. So the note E, for example, has one function in C major and another in A minor. What is E in A minor? The fifth. The perfect fifth. Or perfect. In, in scale names, the, the fifth degree of the scale we might also call it. It's a new domain. Right, the, the domain. Dominant, that's it. The dominant. And what is E in C major? Third. Brilliant, the third, or otherwise known as? Major third. Okay, and otherwise known as? Um, the mediant. Bravo, the mediant. A major third in this case. So E is the median in C major, but in C minor, the median would be? A. So in C major, the median is a major third, but in C minor, the median gives us a minor third. So what will you have to do to E? Go down a half step, get E flat. E flat. So as minor intervals are major in major scales and vice versa, we can work out the notes of A major from A minor and the notes of C minor from C major as we just did for the median of C minor. So first, what are the minor intervals, or rather which scale degrees, give us minor intervals in minor keys? So we have the minor third, uh, what else? And there's not much left unseen, no, there's just two intervals we haven't paid 
much attention to yet, which are the other two minor ones. So we have the minor third. The second. Is major in both. No, the supertonic is always major. Okay, the sixth and seventh. So the sixth and seventh. The minor sixth and the minor seventh. So in minor scales or minor keys, we have minor third, sixth and seventh. And in major scales or major keys, we have a major third, sixth and seventh. That's the difference between major and minor keys. So which notes give us these minor intervals in A minor? Which are the third, the sixth and the seventh now? So which notes are these in A minor? C, E, F. Take time to count it. Because when you take time to count it, you also take time to do intelligent shortcuts, no? So for example, if you know that the perfect fifth of A is... E. E, and you know this very surely now, then you can go from there to find the sixth and the seventh degrees, no? So if E is the fifth, F is the sixth, and G is the seventh. Perfect. So we want to think it through, we don't want to approximate, because as we take the time to think it through, we will also take the time to build intelligent shortcuts and these will help us think our way around notes, chords and keys. So C, F and G. So these are the three notes you will raise a half step to get major intervals to find the notes of the A major scale, the key of A major. So run through the notes of A major for me from start to finish, thinking it through. The, the tonic is A, yeah? So you've got the supertonic B, the third is C. In A minor, and now we're in A major. So C sharp. C sharp. Okay, and continue like this now, no? To give me all of the notes of A major. So A, B, C sharp. So it'll be D, E, F sharp, G sharp, A. Bravo. Well done. A, B, C sharp, D, E, F sharp, G sharp, and A, again, back to the tonic, no? An octave higher than the first tonic. So we can do that with any minor scale that we know the notes of. We can raise the third, sixth, and seventh degrees a half step to find the corresponding major scale. And of course, we can do the same thing the other way around to a major scale in order to find the corresponding minor scale. So we know that in C major, we also have all straight notes. C, B, D, F, G, A, B, C. No sharps or flats. So to find C minor, where do we begin? What major scale degrees or intervals do we want to lower to find the minor scale? The third, sixth and seventh. Perfect. The third, I love it that you're telling me like I'm stupid now. The third, sixth and seventh. <laughs> The third, sixth, and seventh degrees. The major third, major sixth, and major seventh. So we're lowering degrees now, no? Because now we're going from C major, no, to C minor. How do we lower a note, a half step? What do we use? What do we use? Yeah, or what do we say to know it? Flats. Flat, good. So what notes does C minor have? Again, take your time to think it through. And run through, for me, all the notes of C minor. C, D, E flat, F, G, A flat, B flat, 
C. And back to C. Well done. Well done. C, the E flat, no, the median, the minor third, F, the perfect fourth, G, the perfect fifth, A flat, the minor sixth, B flat, the minor seventh, and then back to C, back to the tonic. So now for C minor, we have a minor third, a minor sixth, and a minor seventh. The rest of the scale degrees are the same as in the major scale.